Buenos dias. Welcome to the heavy hole. My name is Tom. Uh, my name is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Hola, me llamo Justin. Uh, Jay Wall, also. Allegedly, allegedly. What's happening? How you guys doing? Oh. Everybody all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Okay, what's well, going on? My God, I'm living such a fantastic life right now. Oh my God! I gotta tell you, I'm already a little bit jealous. What's going on over there, Jay? Never Wall? been so happy to be self-employed, which is you know unemployed to some people. But now, now to be self-employed, does that require your bathroom to be finished? <laughs> oh my God! I wasn't even. I was gonna keep this a secret. Are you self? I was gonna keep as a this plumber. a secret. The wallpaper's going up in two days. Okay, by wallpaper, do you mean a malignancy tapestry? It's actually, uh, yeah, it's it's all it's all paste ups. Okay, yes, from old uh, Kerrang magazines. Oh, wow, <laughs> going wow. up. But I need a, I need to bring in a specialist to do this. Yeah, because only just because I, I did some elaborate woodwork, so I need some the finesse to take the knife around, do the cuts. I'm not going to do it. But yeah, Kerrang, I, I believe that's like uh, pre modern, right? That's like a it's like a vintage. Yes, is that pre yeah. is that pre modern? Yeah. Not postmodern, pre-modern. The, the, the toilet is in the garage. That's going in right after the wallpaper. Nice. Check so this I, out. So I can smoke out there, allegedly. That's right. You can <laughs> on the toilet. You oh can, boy. You can use this garage toilet uh, and not make a mess in the house. Let's just say. Why are you trying to say blinds. I make a mess if I use the bathroom? This guy is putting me on blast <laughs> out here on the podcast. If you go to the bathroom correctly, then there's a potential Why mess. Why wouldn't I be going? This guy. There's man. a potential mess. Let, let's shift gears, Tom. What are you doing without uh, trying to like put crazy rumors and alleged allegations? Well, I'm very good at talking about myself, so no problem. Um, as you guys see, I've redone this studio down here. It's great, Tom. New uh, gadgets. Yeah, new, <clears throat> new little things here. Lights blinking. What's that do? Uh, this one. This, this has been here. This is my computer. Wow. Uh, oh, this one? Yeah. This is the mixer. This is what you're hearing us through. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, I had uh, quite a headache. Getting everything together. I ordered cables too short because I'm an idiot. Sure. Supposedly, I, I guess. Allegedly, I I don't know what I was thinking. Three no. foot cables. I got to reach across a four foot desk. No, should sound talk to man. Justin the plumber over here. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I did that. The, the studio looks different. It's more intense now. There's more knobs, and um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I did a episode of Roast Mortem last night where we talked about Stevie Ray Vaughan, and that was so much fun. Wow, what a what a revelation, man. This is going to be a fantastic episode. Yeah, exactly. So I have the music in me right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan t-shirt. You got the groove uh, in you. Oh, I'm wearing it now. Made yeah. me think of it. <laughs> did you guys, did you, wait, did you guys plan that out or what, what's the deal? No, I actually didn't tell him on purpose because I knew he's a huge fan. Oh, boy. And I was like, oh, hey, Justin, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I did Stevie Ray Vaughan last night and he's wearing the shirt. That's fantastic. It's, it's just, yeah, it's good stuff. And, I love the energy here. I would have barged in. And, uh, good. You know, been, That's why I didn't it tell you. Weird. Yeah. He would have uh, barged in and played a guitar solo <laughs> <laughs> with like, with like over over congas, like, you know, oh, man, mystical no. keyboards. It's it's uh, Justin in double trouble. Anyway, uh, Will, how was your week, man? How, what's going on? Uh, my week was good, man. My week was good, man. I uh, I actually stayed home. Uh, my, my little day off yesterday, I drank four cups of coffee. Um, doing a little cleaning, reorganizing, man. I told you guys I was working on that bookshelf a few weeks ago. Went through some cassette tapes and organized some stuff, some laundry, man. I actually, uh, just for the listeners, I'm surprising Justin and Tom right now. Oh, my God. I took some time, and I made you guys a uh, limited edition of two Heavy Hole Podcast mixed cassettes. Holy oh, shit. Hell yeah. yeah. Dude, thanks. Wow. Bing bong. Christmas came a little bit late, guys. Oh, this is sick. Thanks, thank, Will. Thank, thank you for all, for all you guys do. This is a fantastic. Token of, a little token of um, 
of my sentiments. Hell oh my yeah, god. Thanks. This, yeah, is, great. this is awesome, some, man. Some Thank select, you. Select uh, brutal death metal. Uh, both tapes are the same, by the way. I was that was my next question. Yeah, the both tapes are identical, <laughs> man. Because you know, like, because you guys are like, you know, my right and my left hand over you. I don't want either one to be, right. you know, you know, I don't want you to say, oh, you, you got that sick demo cut on yours. <laughs> it's important to not play favorites in a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's right. Yeah, Come, yeah. Thanks, Dad. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's a little thing we're doing, man. Um, Fuck yeah, man. You, you know, we, we might we might be uh, getting into this mixtape thing, man. Now another present uh, to the podcast. Poof, Santa Buck right here. Uh, yeah, well, this is actually an extra large T-shirt, so I would need four of them uh, cut up and sewn together to fit me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was sent to the podcast by our guest tonight, who we're going to get on the phone in a few minutes, Bob Miner of Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange and also Viral Disease. And he sent us this cool uh, T. It looks really old school, doesn't it? With the kind of like cartoon sketchy skull. Yeah, very hand drawn looking, yeah, but yeah. polished enough. Yeah, with the uh, the word bubble, it, sa- it says the only thing I'm guilty of is auditory assault. Uh, monthly cassette mixtape trading network. Look at that. Yeah, so uh, the Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange. You could get that on Instagram for the kids, by the way, at Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange. We're gonna find out what it's all about. This guy Bob Miner reached out uh, several months ago, and we finally got back to him. Uh, we're a little backlogged up here in the holidays and all that, but we're gonna get him on the line, and we're gonna talk about this mixtape exchange and what it's all about. Because he reached out, he sent us this T-shirt, he sent me a cool mixtape. Uh, and some of some copies of his zine and some other stuff that he does. And I, I was doing the research. I was listening to the mixtape he sent me, and I got inspired. So I had to, I had to break you guys off with that. Awesome. And uh, I don't know what shirt size either you guys are, but you could fight over this extra large T-shirt that Bob sent us. Okay. Hey, Tom, we'll, uh, we'll share it like we do. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah, yeah, you we'll guys are like it. brothers, man. You guys, yo, same songs on the mixtape, <laughs> same shirt. <laughs> I'm into it. it. Yes. So uh, yeah. So. That that's that's the deal. Uh, tonight we're gonna have Bob Miner of Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange and Vi- uh, Viral Disease Zine. Let's get him on the line, guys. All right, let's do it. Is this Bob? Yes. Hey, Bob, it's uh, Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I- I'm great, man. Thank you for your time. Uh, this is Tom over here from Heavy Hole. Yeah, how are you doing, Tom? I'm doing well. And this is Justin. How's it going, man? How's it going? Great. Yeah, so uh, Bob Miner from the Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange, right? Yeah. Awesome, man. We just wanted to talk to you about this Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange and also the viral disease zine. And some of the other things you're involved in, because it's really intriguing to me. And when you reached out to us, uh, by the way, thank you for uh, sending us the T-shirt, uh, the mixtape, which I have listened to, um, and, and uh, your your zines and all the other stuff, man. And uh, I know it, it took a little while for us to kind of get back to you and finally schedule you. And so we we appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. So uh, I mean, without further ado, is it cool if I kind of jump into the line of questioning, Bob? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right, so, um, you know, just for the listeners, the Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange, you can find that um, uh, at Met Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange on Instagram, right? Yes. And when we, you know, when we talk about that, we're going to get into that a little bit more and, and what it is and your zine. Uh, but maybe, Bob, are you, now you're, you're located in Kansas, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Are you originally from there? 
I mean, well, I'm, I'm in the Kansas City area, so that's right on the border of Kansas and Missouri. So I'm actually from the Missouri side, but I moved to the Kansas side uh, when I was like 16, and I've been there since. So. Oh, okay. And were you ever in a band or involved in the scene in any other way like that? Um, when I was young, like 15, 16, I was in a group. Um, it was Kansas City's kind of known for the deathcore, metalcore kind of stuff. Uh, you're gonna you, you find a lot more of that. So that's that was the kind of stuff that was going on when I was when I was younger. I was in that group for probably about a year and a half. I think I, I mean it was a while ago, but um, I did that for a while, and then I I played in you know kind of an on and off again punk band for a while. But other than that, that's the only like musical experiences and playing in bands that I'm that I that I've got. Uh, what what instrument did you play? Um, I, I I always play bass, but I I play everything. But hmm. I'm, I'm I'm mainly a bassist. Okay, so so maybe going back a little bit further, then, uh, are you from a musical family? Uh, yeah, uh, my my grandfather is a professional trumpet player. He plays in like uh, like big bands. Um, the, uh, he's been doing that for a while. Um, he's still active. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think he still plays in. I think he still plays in the Independence uh, Symphony in Kansas City uh, last I knew he still played with them um, but he he's a professional trumpet player my dad played cornet my uncle is a pretty well known slide guitar player around this area um, my sister played trumpet my stepbrother played trumpet and then uh, I kind of got started you know in the how you normally would when you're you know, in middle school and band, and uh, you know, instead of following the trumpet line, I ended up playing trombone for roughly eight years. So, yeah, man, uh, it, it seems to run through the family and stuff. Uh, so, yeah. I guess you grew up hearing a lot of like, like you said, big band stuff, Tommy Dorsey and uh, Benny Goodman, which is uh, that's kind of how I got into music myself, so I can relate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he really played. He, my, I mean, my grandpa on his off time, like if we were, you know hanging out at you know, my grandparents' house on the weekend or something. He usually played jazz in his, in his free time, you know, in his office. Um, and he also played, you know, it, it wasn't just trumpet. It was French horn. It was like he had these pocket trumpets. I mean, he was really into it. Uh, I mean, he still is, obviously. But, you know, he had all kinds of different trumpets he would show us. And he, he always really pushed us to, you know, if we enjoyed doing it, if we enjoyed music to you know really pursue it which we all did so <laughs> right on so uh how do you are you like the, are you the only one in your family that got into um hard rock and heavy metal um my i mean my dad kind of showed me showed me i mean he he's more into just like pretty classic hard rock stuff but i mean he showed me acdc when i was younger and you know when i was like 10 and 11 and you know, around 2005, 2006, um, you know, was when System of a Down was really big. Uh, and so my dad was really into that. And that was one of my first, like, glimpses into it. Also, that was around the time that my sister 
was really into the like goth scene stuff and she was really into Slipknot and so that was like my first glimpses into it which yeah it, you know I didn't really stick as much with that but um, I certainly wasn't the only one but I'm certainly the only one that stuck with it like my sister isn't listening to that kind of stuff anymore you know she's a mom of five <laughs> and so you know but yeah I mean I, I really am the only one I mean out of my sister or my stepbrothers I'm the only one who really carried on with heavy music Bob I gotta ask you how old are you oh I'm 24 really okay because yes. tape exchange is from a much older generation uh, that's fascinating that you're 24 and you're so uh, ingratiated into this in, in fact pushing it yeah um, I mean it was just something that when I started getting into the extreme music and stuff like that I mean you you hear about that and in the old days of you know tape trading and stuff like that and I thought you know if if we're so connected today why aren't people still doing this it seems something you know something that I'd be able to round up enough people to to do something like this and it just didn't seem like that difficult of a task <laughs> <laughs> and, and it doesn't seem like it's been difficult to round up a lot of pe- how would how many people uh, would you say exchange tapes based on the mega metal mixtape exchange like monthly um, we I mean I I always say we do it monthly it's usually kind of a every two months at this point just with with my schedule but we usually get between I'd say our our biggest one was over the summer which was closer to 60 people I think there was 55 and that's what it like topped off at but usually average it's about 40 to 45 and so it's a, it's a good hunk of people and, and it's from the u.s and canada we've got about 35 40 people in the u.s and then a handful of people up in canada i, I imagine that might have something to do with postage or something that's limiting it to yeah yeah um it's funny if, if you're in france and you want to send a tape to the u.s they don't have strict customs uh going out so it's like three pounds to send a tape from France to here but we have strict customs so sending a tape from here to France same weight, everything it's three pounds for them but it's around 12 to 14 dollars for us what? so oh yeah and, and, yeah but luckily um, even though we're restricted to the US and Canada uh, just a few rounds into this um i was contacted by a group of people two people in france who i can't remember their names for the life of me but uh they were interested they they were like hey you know this is pretty cool we like this idea but you know we want to get in on this but we're we're over in europe uh but trading within the eu you know like mailing within the eu is actually fairly cheap so you know, can we have your blessing to start the, uh, like a European chapter? So not long after my trade ring got started, uh, they started what is the Metal Punk Tape Exchange. I think that's what it is, at Metal Punk Tape Exchange. So there's the Mega Metal Mix Tape Exchange, and then there's the Metal Punk Tape Exchange. We are for the U.S. and Canada, and then there's actually a separate group for people who are in Europe. And the European one is the the metal punk tape exchange. Correct. They they wanted to also include, you know, hardcore and DB 
and that kind of stuff in there, which, I mean, they, they do have quite a lot of traders that really get down on stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely a wealth of material in, in those countries uh, going back. Oh, yeah. In, in those genres. So uh, this Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange, does it originate with you? Because I believe I read in uh, one of your viral disease zines that I think maybe someone named Rachel... Yeah, uh, had, uh, had done it early, previously prior to you. Was she the originator, or did she take it over from someone before that? No, uh, Rachel's the one who made it. Um, I don't know Rachel personally, but I know that she's in Denver. She's located in Denver, or the, the Denver area. Um, and she used to run uh, a cassette label called Rapid Fire Records. Um, but she also does like a radio show. She does all kinds of stuff. Uh but I think it just kind of popped up one day that because I I had never really been on Instagram. That wasn't really my thing. And then finally one day, because I was talking about how to my girlfriend about my tapes and how I wanted to start collecting and, you know, meet other people who like tapes and, you know, stuff like that. And one day she just signed me up for Instagram, and, you know, and just handed me my phone and was like, here. So I was on it for a while, and that's when I found Rapid Fire Records. I started following her, and then I started following all the people that were on her page all the time. And one of them, I don't remember who, said, Hey, Rachel's starting this thing if you want to start tape trading just like the old days. And I was like, okay, hell yeah. Like, I want to do that. I want to try that out. I had huh. just gotten a tape deck, and I had just made like my first mixed tape called uh, Get Fucking Thrashed. <laughs> and uh, it's got like, you know, it's got like Sadist and Atheist and Aggressor from France and stuff like that. It's got all those bands on it. And I was like, okay, I like, I want to make another one of these. I want to, I want to try this out. And so she only did one round of it, and that was in November of 2018. And she just did the one round. And after the round was done and everybody had their tapes sent out page just kind of went silent and nobody was he she wasn't posting anything nobody was hearing anything and it was kind of just a luck of the draw because um, I was just at work one morning and she had posted something about hey I've got so many projects like I really want this to keep going I know that there are people that are super passionate about this if there's anybody who wants to take this over like and I just happened to be the first person to say <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, this sounds like my kind of thing. I think I'd be able to organize this. She just gave me the password, and that was that. And from that point on, I just, you know, I took over, kind of... She told me I could do it however I wanted, but honestly, like, the way she had it set up where everybody signs up, I make, like, a three-question quest uh, like little questionnaire of just fun little questions of what you're into just something that someone will be able to read and you know be like oh, okay this is this person's really gonna dig this like i actually just got finished up uh typing up the answers to the first one of this year and so like one of my questions was like if you could get a tattoo of any band related image or if you have any tattoos what are they or you know who's your favorite bassist or if you could resurrect any dead uh, musician, who who would it be? Um, so like fun, just doing but that. telling questions. Yeah. So not not just like, what do you like? 
I, I usually I, I have them list their genre preference. Like, what do you prefer? Is there anything that you're like, no, I, I like I don't want to hear any of that. Um, and you know, I do get some people that, you know, I've got one guy that always strictly says, you know, no core, like no core, no hardcore at all. Yeah. And so I try to I try to be respectful of that. But but yeah, just just questions that will guide people in a direction, but uh, not necessarily give you like an exact layout of a tape just but something to help push you in a direction but hopefully give them something that they don't know you know something that they wouldn't have heard before yeah yeah i mean it's not so fun to receive a tape of something you know very well yeah 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 so but but yeah so i just i do that everybody you know sends in their questionnaires and then i just kind of i what i what i come to do now what's the easiest way i do is i just print off all their answers on a little on little pieces of paper and i literally lay out on my floor and make a big chain like a circle on my floor of all these little pieces of paper and i just kind of decide who i think would be best to pair up with who and i have all these booklets from past trades that i cross-reference to make sure like okay this person hasn't you know hooked up with this person before and this person hasn't sent to this person before and etc um but i mean that's the way she did it and so i just ran with it and it's been really successful but yeah it, it didn't start with me it started with rachel but i've been she only did the one round and then i've been carrying it since you know all of 2019 well it seems like rachel's um project has fallen into the right hands so it, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. How, how many? So, how many rounds did you complete in 2019? I think it was nine. I oh, think. Okay. I, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Like I said, when I first got into it, you know, I was I was super excited. So I was you know, pumping them out like every month. I was I was doing them, but as my work schedule caught up to me and stuff like that, they've they've kind of spaced out. Um, and just as it grew, you know, the first three rounds, it was only 25 between 25 and 30 people. Whereas now it's between, you know, 45 and 50 people or 40 and 50 people. And, you know, when you're running after that many people online on your phone and, you know, going into little private messages and, hey, have you sent a tape? And, hey, have you, you know, it, it, it gets time consuming and it's, it's hard to contain it within 30 days. <laughs> yeah. And, well, that was my next question is uh, I'm sure you've dealt with somebody not sending a tape, right? Oh yeah, it's it's happened. So so what's uh, I mean maybe do you have a story or two about did, how, was it resolved did, did they send the tape or did you have somebody who you had to kind of like kick out of the group or something or I mean I mean that's what usually happens is just like oh I've had I've had something going on I've had an emergency and I mean I always tell people like I'm I'm really lenient like I'm not trying to be a hard ass or anything like that um, you know I I know more than anyone that shit happens so like. But I have had some people that, you know, I I remember I had one kid. I mean, he was, I know he was like a high schooler, but I mean, he, con, he, I mean, he would reply to me multiple times like, oh yeah, I'm sending it. Oh yeah, I've got it. Oh yeah, here's a track list. And like, he'd show me like a picture of like a written out <laughs> track list and it's like, <laughs> okay, but then it, it never happened. And yeah. it was like a month and like I, a whole trade had passed and nothing and it was like dude really like people re and then 
about that time was when I started seeing posts from other users of like, hey, don't trust this user. I've set up trades with them. They, you know, they haven't followed through on trades or uh-huh. they haven't paid me. And so then that's when, you know, you hit the block button. But that's only happened, I think, two or three times. Like I said, I'm really lenient. I don't try to, you know, I don't try to be a hard ass. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> another thing, how many, so you you coordinate the, um, all these people, you break them up into pairs so they could trade with each other. Uh, how many tapes do you yourself make each round? Because I assume that you take part in a trade or two. Uh, yeah, I mean, I make a, tr- a I make one tape around, so okay. I make a like a master tape um, that I send to one person because it's kind of like a kind of like a white elephant chain. So it's you you send to someone like you send to the person in front of you, and then you receive from the person behind you, like in a big ring. Mm-hmm. So. I just place myself within that ring, so I'm only sending one and receiving one. But what I do, and what I'm pretty sure a lot of other traders do as well, or I know numerous traders do, we just make we just make a master tape and then we make copies. So we have the one that we put in the trade, and then it's also like I'll see posts that's just like, hey, this is what I made Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange. You know, I made five other copies. If you'd like to trade, just you know send me a message okay so that's what i usually do um i've got people that do like that have like series you know what i mean um well like they, they... like i have a, i have i have what i call the broken teeth series where I, i'm on i'm just finished up number four um so what is the broken yeah. teeth series like what is what... it's it's just like it's just a name I gave my mixes, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. And then I just I name that each each round. It's like okay, here's volume four, here's volume five, here's what you know. <clears throat> okay. But so it, it, it's cool to see the creativity that goes into like how much work people put behind. Like this is my these are my comp volumes, you know these are my volumes of compilations, and I'm releasing three, and this one's you know going to the trade, and then I've got. A handful of other ones that I'm gonna, you know, trade with other people, and you know, seeing it's not only happening in the ring that I create, but there's also other little trades happening here and there and everywhere, you know. Wow. Throughout. Yeah. So, so you kind of organize the uh, the the round of um, trading, but then that kind of uh, proliferates other trading that that goes on and people get into it and they have other you know and they trade with each other and I, I assume there's probably other Instagram or Facebook pages uh, set up for for like traders right yeah um, like, like I said there's the there's the European trade and then I know within the first the first few months that I started doing it I was getting a lot of people from like different countries like I got a guy from Chile and a guy from Japan and yeah and saying hey I want to get on this and I had to be like you know unfortunately this is closed but I don't mind paying postage you know as long as you don't so if you want to trade with someone like you know I'd be willing to trade with you um so like that's how I've gotten some tapes from some pretty far-fetched places and some from you know pretty cool people um but yeah there's I, I know there are plenty of other traders that will trade with people from the metal tape mixtape exchange or metal punk mixtape exchange sorry i get them all mixed up <laughs> um but you know there are people that individually go to other users and say like hey i'm willing to pay this i see the tapes you make i'd really like to uh 
you know, I'd really like to trade you. Uh, I also know that the European, the guys in France told me that there was a, there was a guy in, I think, Norway that made a Facebook page specifically for people in Norway. Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, yeah, it was, it was central to Norway. Because, uh, I mean, I guess there's probably enough people where they can actually, that are interested in it, in a concentrated enough area that they'd be able to organize something like that. Well, if underground metal is going to be big enough in any country where they could do that, I imagine it would be Norway, that's, right? Pretty yeah, that's what that. I was thinking. When he, when he told me, like, yeah, this guy's wanted to do this on, on Facebook, would you be okay with that? I was like, yeah, that's fine. Norway, <laughs> Norway has a history of uh, metal, right? Yeah, yeah, quite yeah. a little bit, <laughs> at least a little bit, from what I understanding. Yeah, yeah, but that, I mean, like that makes sense. You're not like, this is a, this is you're not profiting off this in any way. This is a a a passion project for you, correct? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't charge people. There's not like a sign up fee. Um, yeah, so that's nice that people are still asking for your like, uh, your. Like a blessing, yeah, blessing, yeah. so they can do their own chapter of it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've always, I've always, I always thought that was pretty cool that that they were. And like I said, I feel really bad that I can't think of their names because I want to be able to. I know one. It's at Don D O N V R A K on Instagram. I know that's one of them. I can't think of his name, but I know that's his username. But yeah, I always thought it was really sweet of them that they were like, "Hey, is this okay?" And it's like, you know, you're halfway across the globe. You know, you didn't have to do that, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was just really honest of them, and I mean, obviously, I, just the fact that something that is run by one person can even radiate across the ocean. I mean, I know we've got the help of the internet, and you know, that helps a lot to get across the ocean. But the fact that somebody as far away as France has been like, hey. I like what you're doing. Can I do that? Is that cool? It, you well, know, yeah, it's pretty neat. That I mean, what you're speaking to, because also I wanted to bring up the uh, your viral disease zine. The last page of each issue that I see, you have an international tape traders list. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and it just kind of has someone's name, the genres they're interested in, their email and their mailing address. And it says you can get involved if you want with this. And honestly, like everything you're saying, you're just taking me back. And it was funny. T- Tom asked, I was planning on asking you how old you are. Uh, you say you're 24, and it's just funny. I'm, you know, I'm 37. I've said it before. Obviously, everyone knows uh, if you listen to the podcast. I grew up in my teens, uh, tape trading and getting the the photocopied zines, just like you're doing, only without the internet. It was the only, you know, it was it was the um the only way, uh, and it's you know in the natural environment, so to speak. Uh, and here you are, and you're talking about everything that I used to get out of it, and everything that I see the beauty of in it still. Uh, you know, the idea someone in France is interested in what I'm doing. Uh, obviously, with the internet now, someone in every country could be interested in what we're doing, and we see that rate on our smartphone and all that. But when you're mailing something, there's just it's just that much more personal. You know, I've mailed out oh, yeah. um, when, when, one of my older bands, uh, Biolich, um, when I when we first uh, put out our 2001 demo, that was the first time I ever really tried to hit uh, the underground scene like crazy with a demo. And I remember at one point, I just tried to find a zine or a distro or something from any country in the world I could and I kept the post office receipt just to have all those countries listed on it that I that I physically because I could physically yeah. picture my tape arriving in a mailbox in some far flung country that I could never oh, yeah, you know and, and I yeah, so I'm just, I'm just I know the feeling that's all I'm saying oh yeah I, I, I love it and there have been plenty of packages because when I first started writing viral disease because that, that was literally just a whim 
you know, things that were, were rolling with the tape trade, and I was just like, well, you know, why not? I've got all these tapes. I might as well start talking about them, I guess. Uh, and, you know, putting some of my drawings and stuff and just kind of compiling it just for the hell of it. And I know that there was a while that I was basically just doing Media Blast where I would get, I get just these huge stacks of uh, flyers through the mail, and you just, you see all these addresses from all over the world and Germany and Mongolia and stuff like that. And I know that there have been plenty of packages that I've sent that I've never gotten a response from, but I know it was like, I, I know I've sent packages to Mongolia, but uh -huh. I've never gotten a response from Mongolia. So it's just like my tape somewhere in Mongolia. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember <laughs> one. It's a crazy idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember one time there was, I think it was a zine or something. There was some guy advertising something uh, from Bosnia. Uh, and this is probably the early 2000s. Uh, I yeah. think I, I might have seen it online. I forget where I saw it, but I sent the tape. And the guy, a few months later, I got an email uh, saying that he had received it. Uh, someone had, had taken the package out of his mailbox and broken the tape, but he put it back together and listened to it. I, so I oh, my God. I don't know how it got broke or how he put it back together. I don't know what happened, but that's the story uh, you know, I got. You know those Bosnians. I, that's I just, some dedication. Always breaking shit. I just <laughs> anonymously sent the tape to Bosnia, and, you know, I got this story. So that, it just goes to show you there's something very exotic, and there's a mystery about um, this, <clears throat> this tape trading and this physical format uh, postal scene that obviously is alive and well, uh, you know, regardless of, of what us older cynics want to think about the Internet. Well, you get yeah, the, you get the uh, best um, of the both worlds know, right now, you know, because you get the immediacy of the communication through the internet with people that you're trading with, but you can also send random tapes out to Mongolia, you know, and assume that they yes, got them. Correct. Right? So, so you you get the the, the same analog, you know, um, interaction, but you can also have that that immediate digital interaction, you know. And if you're if you're on top of it all, you kind of get the the best of the both worlds right there, and that's the future. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and and you see, I've had I've had conversations with. Uh, there's a couple of guys that I've gotten hooked up with just through mailing that I, I don't talk to online that through mailing that I've gotten in contact with them and we're kind of like pen pals and they don't uh, really get on the internet that often. Um, but they've kind of asked me, you know, I've sent them my zine and they've, they're like, you know, I don't really know. Like what in the hell is Instagram? Like I, this is drenched in these hashtags or whatever and i don't know what this is like where the mailing addresses and stuff like that and it's like and like you said you now we have the option of having that immediacy if we want it so if, if the reason i've got these hashtags and stuff like that and these usernames and because you know that this is our this is my generation that's our mailing address <clears throat> there's if yeah. you want to get in contact with us that's how you get in contact with us Back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, if you wanted to get in contact with us, you know, you had to have the landline number. You had to have the mailing address. But it's it's not that way anymore. And it's cool to have, you know, it's it's novelty. Like you said, there's something exotic about having the mailing address and sending out the mailing address. But if you see something and you go, I like that, I want to hear that, I want to talk to that person, you know, you can get on Instagram. They're right there. Yeah, it's true. You know, and there's something unique to uh, to death metal and, and the community that that supports it, um, to where there's there's space for both uh, both styles to live. You know. Um, yeah, and I've I've also kind of explained to to them about like how 
I at least see that the way the death metal community nowadays uses Instagram. Like, I know you guys are really big fans of Maggot Stomp. Those guys are all over Instagram, yeah, all yeah. over social media and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, great like, label being run fantastically. Yeah, and it's but it's just like, you know, we don't necessarily use Instagram like Instagram is supposed to be used technically. Like, it's more of like a forum. Yeah, rather than like look at these pictures look at where I'm going look at this look at that you know it's a way of communicating and like hooking up with one another as quickly as possible like right here on this platform and like hey here's this do you want to trade look at this I've made you know etc stuff like that fair enough fair enough but I I do see a little bit of flexing going on with uh, racks of tapes and tape collections uh, pictures, oh, yeah. pictures of, come on, man, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Because I, I know I want to take a picture of some of my tape racks and, and, and throw it up there on the gram, get some cloud on the gram, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I mean, and, yeah, got to be honest, I mean, those are the ones that get the big, the most the most likes. <laughs> got to get them likes. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to flex <clears> one <throat> way. Don't worry, Will, one day we'll get your Polaroids, yeah. we'll scan them onto the Instagram, it'll be excellent. Yeah, me, oh, yeah. me mm-hmm. with like, a, uh, me with like a, a box of tapes on Instagram <clears throat> is the equivalent of like a, a young rapper with like a pound of weed and a gun on Instagram. There you go. Allegedly. <laughs> I'm actually just print, just Xeroxing my phone now and I'm hanging those on the, on the tele- <laughs> telephone poles around town. That's, uh, <laughs> well, I thought they call that a screenshot, right? That's what I do. Not the way I do it. Okay, all right. Um, well, speaking of the old timers and the undergrounders, do you ever get any like uh, uh, pushback on on the idea of attaching yourself to Instagram with something like this? Like people like, nah, you should just keep it true and and totally, you know, old school. Um, I mean, not not any terrible pushback. I mean, nothing too crazy. I've had people question it. Like I said, where it's like, why why is it? so why is this so connected to the internet you know if you want to be if you want to be if you're wanting to do this underground stuff if you want to do this old school stuff like why why are you doing it on the internet do it old school with with addresses and or at least do email addresses yeah and it's like i'm what? trying to do that in issue four i'm trying to do more email addresses more ways to get in contact with people well but like the- i said before i try to just make that point this is how we get in contact now. Yeah. In, in in this modern day where we're using the internet and people have these platforms, there's like this taboo about giving out your address. Which yeah, I have I have really reached that a couple of times where people are very open to their internet identity being completely out in the open, but as soon as I say something about Hey, do you want to like trade? Do you want to mail something? Like, what? You, like, do you have a mailing address? They just go dark. Yeah. Like, why do you want to come over and just steal get my super weird? And it's like, I'm just trying to get a physical piece of something now. Like, I don't. And I, I mean, I guess I understand that you got to be careful online. Like, you never know what's going to happen online. But that, uh, yeah, it's that is true. But like, um, you know, that's that's even for the internet. That idea of not sharing your address is a relatively modern concern but, that's being sh- yep. shared. Like, even the early two thousands when people were using IRC and stuff like that, e- regular addresses were just floating around. Like, it's it's really not a problem to give someone your address so they can mail you something. That if they want to yeah, find it, they can. So, yeah, and that's what I've always thought was weird because anybody will order a record online, mm-hmm. and you'll put your address into your computer. Yes, and you don't see any problem with that. But I want to trade a tape with you, and now that you know that an actual person is asking you for your, even though I'm going to give you my mailing address, 
like <laughs> this is a tit for tat mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. it yeah there, there's still sometimes an occasional an occasional pushback or like mm-hmm. if i go to ask a band for hey can i you know i'm i'm reviewing your i'm reviewing your demo in my zine you know what's a mailing address so if people want you know to mail you a blank tape or something like that and they go oh well it's best if they just contact our email well, and it's just a no mailing address sort of thing so mm-hmm. that's i mean that's it, it's, i was going to say like tom said you can find most people's address online if you want to do something it's not going to be the uh the underground metalhead mixtape exchange guy that's going to like do something creepy it's, it's out there already if uh, anyone really want to cause you yeah, harm right. or something like that or mail you anthrax not a mixtape if you want to get but, super you know. creepy there's always google maps like you can literally stand on someone's street and look at their house yeah and most people don't do that like 99 yeah. of people don't do that when you interface with people they're not going to do that they just want to trade a tape yeah what, what? <laughs> it's interesting or at least the people on the mega metal mixtape exchange that's that's all we want <laughs> speak for them was it was it old, an old person that pushed back on the internet stuff like why are you doing this stuff if you know on the internet if you want to be underground it it was it was of the people who who aren't on the internet <clears throat> yeah but uh, the, but are, are those the old people <laughs> yeah well then, yeah hey. uh, yeah <laughs> why are you talking you about I mean, those you don't are, have to say names why are you talking to me yeah, on the I, phone I, why aren't I, you I using very... morse code yeah, Back in my day, we used the Morse the code. Kids, they're usually right, right on board. If, <clears throat> you know. Well, it's probably the younger people that push back on the mailing address. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you'd be surprised. Uh, it's it's usually the middle, the middle aged that I've seen so far. Yeah, because they don't that realize that you can just Google your address. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, so, it, but like the the older people, all they want to do is addresses or like email addresses. At, at the very least, yeah. Uh, but well, well, speaking of ve- we'll we'll say veterans. I say old people because I consider myself an old person <laughs> in the scene. But uh, yeah, another an- another another long time underground uh, postal metal scene veteran. I notice you do some uh, some business uh, in the underground with PJ Scoggins. Yeah, uh, yeah. Long, long running. I used to correspond with him many years ago when I was in high school. So we're going back probably twenty years. I used to correspond with him and, and buy. He had he he had like kind of death metal comic books that he would make independently and things. Oh yeah, that guy's great. He will just like, I don't hear from him all the time, but there are times that he will just send me envelopes of drawings. Yeah, I I, I used to get the and, same and thing. He, he, yep. Yeah, and just like it'll say viral disease and in like a really cool font and like some skull and it with just a note on it that's just like, hey, I just I don't know, I drew these. Here you go. Yeah, I used to get this. Wow, and that's funny because, I mean, it's like I said, dude, you're in some, like, weird parallel universe to what I was experiencing because 20 years ago, I would get the same thing, man. I was in a, I had a little grind project called Liquefied Maggots, and uh, okay. PJ Scoggy, yeah, he'd send me, like, a drawing of, you know, some maggots crawling out of a blender and something, you know, just like, hey, if you want to use it, here it is, like, exactly yeah, what he's, you're describing. Yeah, he's really good at drawing maggots. <laughs> yeah, 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 maggots and rats and corpses and... Yeah, he's actually, he's actually, I've got a drawing of his that he's going to, his artwork's going to be on the fourth issue of Viral Disease, so. Awesome, <laughs> I actually awesome. already got that lined up. And while we're speaking of people that you work with, what's your relationship, because you do a newsletter, or I noticed you did a newsletter for Head Split Records. Maybe if you could talk about your relationship with them and what that label's about. Uh, I don't do the, new, I don't do the newsletter uh, for Head Split. Um that's just something I threw in there. Headsplit is a really kick-ass label from Portland, Oregon. 
the newsletter is something that he is able to put out at a much quicker pace than I am able to put out my zine. But uh, it's usually just uh, really in-depth um, reviews with either bands that he is releasing tapes of, like of their albums, or just bands that he's found and he gets in contact with them and he and he talks with them. Um, but yeah, he's just recently released um, RS Kingdom, their newest album. Um, the you know they're kind of a older, you know, one of the few Kansas City death metal bands, you know, that we can claim. Uh, <laughs> uh, he just recently released their their uh, newest one. Uh, I'm waiting on a tape from him from a band, uh, Infernal Conjuration. Uh, I mean, he just finds these really sick death metal bands and releases their stuff on tape. He he cranks out new releases like all the time like i don't know how many he did in 2019 but he did a lot <laughs> okay but we we we're, we're pretty i mean i don't know him personally uh it's he's just one of the guys that i i got his address i sent him a zine and he was like okay cool here's a huge stack of my newsletters like you obviously know who to get these to so anytime you release your zine just send me a stack of them and i'll send you a stack of newsletters and then occasionally he'll send me like his newest CD or his newest tape or whatever. And then, you know, I usually will review. I always have a couple of head split releases and then a head split ad and in viral disease scenes. So, yeah, because I or right, So I was mistaken. You, you, you don't have uh, anything to do with the newsletter. I just noticed it had some kind of similar artwork and a similar uh, layout um, and, and print to, to, to your Viral disease. Oh yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a big influence yeah. on my zine. Like I, okay. it, it was one of the first ones when I first you know really started diving in when I got the trade going and stuff like that. It was one of the first zines that I got. It was one of the first ones that I was like, this doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to do. Like, and I just kind of went out and bought a printer for a hundred bucks and just started making zines. <laughs> yeah, it's just about taking the time. And... Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he, I mean, like I said, he he puts out. I mean, he's on. For a while, he did a head split zine. This was before I was really, really in this stuff. I know he did head split zines where it was a thicker, like, many more pages, and then he kind of just shrunk it down to these newsletters. And I think he's up to, like, number 20 or number 21. So he's really cranking them out in every one. I mean, it's got four or five bands. And he does pretty, pretty in-depth interviews with all of them. And with pretty cool people. I mean, I know with one of them, he has... Uh, 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 Rock from Sadistic Execution down in Australia. He talks with him. Um, so, but yeah, Head Split's great. He's a really cool dude. Okay, Head Split Records, man. All right, yeah, I just want to talk about that. Obviously, I was a little, mis- little bit mistaken, but you definitely do business with him. And you know, what about um? I noticed that you're distributed by Gravely Unusual Magazine. Yeah, uh, Gravely Unusual is uh, in Kentucky comes out of kentucky it's a it's a horror magazine um and it it's not really i'm not big into movies into horror movies and stuff like that i mean horror movies are great and all but i i don't i'm not one to sit down and watch movies all the time but he was just another one where i started putting the zine out and 
he just started posting around the same time, and he started trading in the uh, in the tape exchange because he's a really big black metal fan. I know he he also reviews some black metal in in the zine or in uh, in gravely unusual. But uh, yeah, they do horror comics uh, like small graphic novels. He does um, interviews with you know horror graphic novelists. Um, I know he just recently did one with um, Joe Bob Briggs. He just recently did a did a interview with Joe Bob Briggs. Um, yeah, could you tell just for the listeners who's Joe Bob Briggs? Um, I believe he's a horror horror film guy. Like I said, I I, I know that this. I, I, I got to Google real quick because this is it's like a very fuzzy memory for me. I got I got to figure out who Joe Bob Briggs is right now. Yeah, like I said, I, I his face is is familiar, but I'm not a, I'm not a huge movie guy. I just know that that was he that was like a big pull that he was like, oh, I have Joe Bob Briggs and I'm I'm interviewing him, and it was a really big. A really big thing, but no, he's used uh, quite a lot of my artwork in his zines, and that's where the connection is between him and I. Is, is he he uses artwork of mine, and he also runs ads for Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange. Okay, all right. So that's um uh, that's gravely unusual magazine, and just uh, for the listeners, I knew it. Um, he was the the <laughs> <laughs> he was the host of uh, drive-in theater, uh, like a um a, 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 movie channel uh, show and, and he did a, like he was kind of like a host curator type of guy and a uh, slash critic in the horror movie universe man so I definitely remembered that there was a show oh, on okay. TV years ago so that, Bob that Briggs. makes sense as to why as to why yeah would, yeah be it, really it, excited to interview him <laughs> it, it, it definitely rang a bell for me man so um one more question about the cassette tapes though because this is something that strikes me now um as an older cassette user where do you uh, get all your blank cassettes um, I usually get them off of lots on eBay, mm-hmm. so I just uh, will go on eBay and type in, you know, cassette, blank cassette tape lot. I have a specific kind of TDK that I'm really fond of just because I like the, I, I, you know, I'm a nerd about it. So I, it's got a jewel case that I specifically like the size of it. <laughs> and so I search for that one specifically. I don't know what kind of it is. I just know what it, but anyway, I... I'll type that in, and then I just kind of look for. I just kind of do quick math. You know, if it's if it's a lot of twelve tapes, and it's twenty four dollars, then that's roughly two bucks a tape. And I just try to find lots where, and I try to get that number as low as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, to get tapes as cheap as possible. But I mean, you can also find them just depending on what town you're in. You could find them at record stores if you know the people who run your local record store look for that kind of stuff um i know i've i've found a couple of pretty big lots of record stores it just kind of depends thrift stores uh i find a lot of thrift stores yes thrift stores yeah. too um yeah. that's where i first when i first started getting into this like mid 2018 that's where I, f- I found a bunch of type twos at at a thrift store and i was like oh shit i brought them yeah. home and i looked them up online and i was like wow these are actually kind of and that's when I was getting into it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, these are these are better to have. You know, you want to have type twos. These are really cool that I found these." And so, but yeah, thrift stores is another definite place. I I have I actually am lucky enough to live right next to this. I mean, it's a parkway, so it's it's a highway, but it's not. 
anyway, we have like four or five thrift stores like within a five minute radius of my house. Sick. So just every once in a while, I just do a round where yeah, I just hop yeah. from thrift store to thrift store and just just to check. Like I'll, I'll I'll literally walk in, go to the tapes. If there's no blank tapes, I turn around and walk out. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I've I've done something similar. Now, have you ever found a cool heavy metal release at a thrift store? Um, not at a thrift store, but T- tough to find. Actually, it. The, the metalhead scour everything, man. You rarely find that stuff. In oh the yeah, thrift I mean, yeah, yeah. I have I have scoured. I mean, probably like my best dollar bin metal find would be um, a copy of. Uh, the first album from a band called Steeler, which was Ingve Malmsteen's like what? first band. Mm. Um, All right. And uh, but then probably what my biggest gem I found it at a at a vintage stock, which like vintage stocks just recently started even stocking tapes. I'm pretty sure they were one of the places that like I know with like Goodwills now their their protocol when they get cassettes they just throw them out. Ooh. Which I think is just sac- It's just terrible. But <laughs> they just they just toss them. You just broke but my now heart a little stock bit, actually, yeah. now, now Vintage Stock actually carries them. And I walked in one day and I was like, you guys have tapes now? And they're like, yeah. And, you know, they're kind of behind the counter. But I, I was like, do you mind if I look through them? And they're like, yeah, go for it. And I found a copy of the self-titled Trouble album. Not the first self-titled Trouble album, but the second one from... 1990 um but then i found a tape from a band called prodigal son uh it's a tape it's called dead world uh it's a four track um ep uh but it's a thrash band it was released in let's see 1990 um but it's an original demo ep or whatever i got it for 99 cents but i looked it up and i mean we, you've got the Encyclopedia Metallum, where you can look up, you know. Yes, we're very. We use it, that. We use that as a resource on the podcast. Oh yeah, I I use it every day. Yeah. Um, Prodigal Son is not on there. So oh I thought, wow! So yeah. you you slipped Metallum. Yeah. Damn. So I thought, okay, this is really it. strange. So I started looking up like names of the members to see if like any of them continued or anything like that, um, and. The bassist is a guy named Doug Williams, who, when I did a little bit of research, he ended up playing a short stint in uh, Origin. Uh, All right. And so I found him on Instagram and on Facebook, and then my buddy Mark ended up uh, getting in contact with him on Facebook. It sent him a picture and said, hey, like, my buddy Bob found this tape. Um, Do you know, is this you? Like, do you recognize this? And... I mean, this is really the only communication we've had with the guy. But he was just like, yeah, like, this is wild that you found this. Like, I don't even have a copy. Like, I don't even have a copy of that album. Wow. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really good thrash. It's It kind of sounds like a, kind of like a mix between, like, Testament and Overkill. But, you cool. know, it's, it's 1990, so it's a little bit after the, I shouldn't say after, right after the peak of the thrash you know, insanity. So, but when it was starting to get really muddied down, but I mean, it's it it's still pretty good. And you know, you've got a member in there that ended up going to play for a fairly notable band. But yeah, it, it was cool yeah. that I was able to find something. It's not on Discogs. Hell it's yeah. not on Metallum. Like, the, and so that it's is just my cool little 
I have it, and I feel like you know it's something that nobody else has got. And I think it's you know I think it's pretty cool. I need I need to get it on Discogs. I need to actually take the time to scan pictures and stuff and put it on there. That is like a that is the thrift store find. That makes me like encouraged to keep looking at thrift stores. That store oh, right yeah. there, man. Yeah, that's the deep dive right there that we're looking for, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Bob, uh, you know, we appreciate it, man. Uh, this this Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange, it sounds really exciting. Uh, and just for the listeners, if you want to do, if you want to check it out at, uh, at uh, Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange on Instagram, you can. Um, and uh, you can get in touch with, with uh, Bob there. Bob, before we let you go, though, as tradition, well, you know, we, you, you reached out to us, so I assume you're familiar with the show. We always ask oh, yeah. you to recommend one older and one newer release uh, by any artist that you choose for the listeners. Oh, yeah. And see, this is this is the one I've been racking my brain with for <laughs> the whole week. Because, you know, I've read a goddamn review zine, so, like, you know, I've got all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I'm probably going to have more than one answer, but... I'll just try to ramble through a couple really quick. Um, as for new stuff, I mean, definitely Undeath. Undeath oh, kicks ass. Great, uh, great sentient. album. I was just listening to that the other day. Great stuff. Yeah, Sentient Autolysis is the shit. <laughs> uh, it super kicks ass. Also, the guys in that band are really awesome. Um, I contacted them and was like, hey, I want to try something kind of old school. Can I just mail you the J cards of your demos and with a return envelope and then can you just sign them can you and all the guys just sign them and drop them in the return envelope and just send them back to me? Dope. and they were super cool about it they were like oh hell yeah so <laughs> my my demos are signed so <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um, but uh, and what, what that was band? also uh, that was also uh, Derek from Two Mold that was his one of his uh Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, recommendations because we kind of put him through the ringer because he he kept bringing up good stuff, but we had happened to cover it already. So man, <laughs> you're here too, you know. And what band was that again? Undeath. Um, but also, like, I, I definitely also wanted to mention uh, there's a band in Florida right now that's fairly new. They're like a war death metal. They're called AKU. It stands for uh, Aggressive Killer Urge. They just released their newest uh, EP called uh, Visions. Uh, it's it's kick ass. I mean, it's just it's sonic annihilation. And but it 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 it'll really take you guys back because it's you know home dubbed, uh, you know Xerox J card, uh, and you kind of have to fiddle with the EQ a little bit, turn that bass uh, up, and uh, to get it to sound just right. You know, <clears> it's <throat> a little thin. You know, the the original recording. So you kind of gotta gotta play with your stereo a little bit. Love it. Um, I, I got my equalizer on my little uh, dual cassette deck uh, stereo yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. Good to go. Uh, but then, what, as for new stuff, last one I'm going to mention, uh, Apophenia, uh, they are a South American group, uh, they're twin sisters playing just super nasty, stripped down, old school death metal, but I just think the whole angle of it being a duo, well, I think they're a trio now, I think they actually have an, another member now, but when, uh, this EP they just released uh, Cold Night's Death uh, it was just them two just twin sisters uh, and it's pretty kick ass and what, what what's that band's name again? Uh, Apophenia A-P-O-F-E-N-I-A uh, it's released on uh, Necrosaceous tapes I think it's they're from Argentina but it's released in France okay um, as for old stuff um, the one I definitely wanted to mention because I've been I've been telling this to a bunch of people, and everybody, nobody knows what this is, and it really surprised me. Um, it's a band called Dead Horse. 
from Texas. Oh, oh, oh yeah, man. This guy, this guy's taking me right back to being a freshman in high school. <laughs> All right, guy. Uh, tell yeah, tell, yeah. Pretend I don't know about Dead Horse, Bob. Take me there. <laughs> but yeah, the, specifically their first album. I, I, I like their first album. Yeah. Uh, Horse Core and Unrelated Story. That's time consuming. So um, so unique. Uh, yeah. It it is. It's a really super unique album because you get a little bit of that funny southern rock kind of jokiness in there kind of injected you know that song about beer or the song hank that's just about like the southern racist dude you know yeah it's it's a super it's a super fun album and i i actually i have a an original tape of theirs that's signed by all of the members that i just happened to get in a package from a buddy of mine named artie down in san antonio he makes some zines uh Night of the Bloody Tapes, uh, Mondo Slizo, I Hate My Life art zine. Anyway, uh, wow, that I is, trade with him. You would have the just, signed cassette of Dead Horse. I had to stop you. I'm sorry. That's fucking crazy, man. Will just did a backflip right yeah, now. Oh, yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, you, you just, I, I got to call out to work tomorrow because of my reaction to that. I just did a backflip. <laughs> well, I mean, he sent that to me, and I was not expecting it. You know, it's just, he's just a buddy of mine that I mail another guy. I don't know who this guy is. You know, I just I talk to him. He's he's a really good pen pal of mine. I write letters to him all the time, and he just sent me a package and was just like, "Hey, um, here's some tapes of my collection. You know, just thought you'd dig them." Wow. And he sent me it was a copy of uh, Surf Nicaragua by Sa uh, Sacred Reich, which I'm not super into them, but you know, it was cool to have. And I, I mean, they're classic. That, it's pretty you know? good. And then it. And then he had that in there, and I mean, damn, shit. My girlfriend was right next to me when I opened the package. I, I geeked out, and I messaged him immediately. I was like, "Are you serious?" And I didn't even realize I hadn't opened the J card and see that it was signed until like half an hour later. That's great. And I had to geek out all over again. But, but yeah, uh, definitely Dead Horse, and also definitely listen to Ripping Corpse. Everybody needs to listen to Ripping Corpse. Yes, yeah, we, man. we've we've mm -hmm. talked. If uh, if the listeners want to go back to our uh, interview with Dave Witty. We talk a lot about Ripping Corpse and the old Ripping Corpse days, man. So we'll just reiterate that. You definitely need to check out your Ripping Corpse uh, history. Um, Hell yeah. Wow, Bob. Um, this guy this guy's talking <laughs> about dead horse. This fucking guy. making tapes. He's, I, I need a drink, Bob. Um, Bob, thank you so much for your time and for talking to us tonight. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, that's the uh, on Instagram. It's at Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange. Uh, you are, of course, the publisher of the Underground Viral Disease Zine, uh, and people can check you out that way, man. We thank you for your time. Is there anything else that you want to say <clears throat> for um, uh, listeners or maybe uh, mixtape exchangers that might be listening? Um, I mean, I I kind of <laughs> want to say the same thing that. Um, that guy from Tumult. I'm sorry, I'm so bad with names. Uh, the guy from Tumult said, "Yeah, uh, just reach out to people. Like, we have this ability to contact whomever we please. Like, at the, at the t it, right at the tip of our fingers. And like, people are not that bad. And like, I'm I'm a guy who I've struggled my entire life with extreme anxiety issues and social anxiety issues and stuff like that. And just being a part of this community." online you know it really helped me be more social and it's like and realize that you know we all really like this stuff and we all want other people to geek out with you know and so you know if you want to trade tapes with someone if you see someone online and you're like hey you know i like what you're doing send them a message like let them know buy people's artwork buy people's tapes um 
if you want to get hooked up on the trade, you know, at Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange, um, you can also email me uh, at viraldiseasezine at gmail.com if, you didn't, you know, if you're interested in the zine. Um, but, yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And that sentiment, uh, I think that's a sentiment that has been passed through the generations um, of uh, young people getting into uh, underground music and heavy metal culture and, and different subcultures that we talk about here on the podcast, man. And it's it's also why we do the podcast, man. The the greater metal community, man. It's a great uh, a great great idea to share, Bob. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right. So, Bob Miner, man. We hope to hear from you again. And um, yeah. I, uh, I'm going to be reaching out, man. I got to exchange a couple of tapes with people on the side here, man. I got to get something going. So, I'll be in touch, Bob. Oh yeah, awesome. Awesome. All right, thanks. Oh, hold on, one more thing before you hang up. What's the uh, yeah, what what's the likeliness that you could throw us in your next zine, Heavy Hole Podcast? We throw you some art. Oh yeah, yeah, I can do that. That's yeah. We're trying to get it on that Xerox action. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can we can do something. We can figure something out. I look good in black and white, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick out the specs off out of uh, the viral disease zine one of one of the ads, and we'll send it your way. Hell yeah! All right. Well, thanks, Bob. All right, yeah. Bob. Thanks a lot for your time, brother. Have a good night. Yeah, yeah you guys too. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. Later, man. Later. Pretty interesting stuff there, guys. Yeah, Bob Miner. Uh, th- that was, uh, like, you know, you guys obviously heard it throughout the interview. That guy was pulling at my heartstrings. Oh, yeah. uh, young man falling in love with uh, the underground uh, extreme metal, extreme music, I should say, scene um, through the post office. Uh, and, and like my own story that I've told many times here on the podcast and other uh, old schoolers, it's just it's nice to see it happening with a, a younger person uh, in the new generation. Uh, that it still happens. I mean, talk about a deep dive in the heavy hole. This guy taps into parts of the scene that we don't know about uh, and that you probably can't even find on the internet, man. So um, that was really interesting to me. And I do have to get in touch with him and get some uh, some mixtapes exchanged and get it popping. I got some exclusives in my tape collection. You guys don't know what you're in for with those tapes. Oh, boy. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, as we do, we're going to continue the episode with some recommendations and whatnot. Yeah, I can't make um, you a tape right now of the new stuff that I heard today, but I could definitely talk to you about it, okay? Yeah, so let's get into it. Justin, what do you have? There we go. So I have uh, the band Friendship from Japan. Uh, their June 2009 release, Undercurrent, uh, self-released. 2019. 2019. It's 2009? Sorry, you said it's all good. We're living in a different time right now. 2019, uh, Friendship, Undercurrent, Japanese. Um, we have some punishing deathened hardcore. So I'm not going to say deathcore, I'm not going to say ha- hard metal or the other way around. It, this is deathened hardcore. Um, really, really fucking uh, huge band, man. Uh, the sound is kind of filled with this, this churning, dark D-beat aggression. Uh, they dip in and out 
uh, of these of these huge dark roofs um, at points making you question whether this is like I you know punk based uh, punk based hardcore or this like grimy death um, like questioning where their influences sort of come from. This seems uh, like crust punk on ten. Yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a really great mix of uh, of all this this evil kind of brewing sound right here. Um, all the meanwhile, they just keep pushing, and there's this there's this this onward like uh, kind of like rolling momentum on. You know, um, it's got that punk urgency that I love so much, and uh, and they'll kind of open it up with these like. Like, you know, almost like Doomy inspired kind of death death breaks a little bit, uh, but I've, I've been really enjoying this right now. Friendship, friendship. What a great band name! Can't think of a better one. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to be in for something as straightforward and brutal when you said that. I figured there'd be some irony in the mix or something. But uh, this is really good stuff, man. And um, I got to say, this kind of mixture of like very brutal uh, death metal influences over hardcore. It brings to mind when remember when we talked to Chad Gailey, drummer of Necrot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in a bunch of bands. It reminds me a little bit. He's in a band, uh, uh, Atrament. Uh, mm-hmm. Also uh, a member of Vastum, and he's he's in a couple other bands uh, where like they mix crust with like that really you know deep growling death metal, and mm-hmm. it has it, like this has a similar energy to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh huh. Really cool stuff. Like it's a little more crusty punk than say like a fuming mouth. That's out right now, right? Which is a bit more on the the hardcore side yeah. of things. Uh, yeah, and then still, but like a way more brutal like death than like a gulch that's out right now. Also, you know, it's so right. It's, it's it it walks a cool line, you know what I mean? But it's uh, dark, mm. and, and uh, I love it. Sick, awesome, man. I got a new one for you tonight. Tell me. All the way from Paraguay. It's a band called Vertebral. Could you spell that? V-E-R-T-H-E-B-R-A-L. You're right. You're right. Oh, thank no, you. I, I didn't. I didn't know that at all. That's, all right. We were, ta- I, we were testing you. And you I, I learned something. All right. So, 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 proceed. Proceed. They just came out with an album, 2019, called Abysmal Decay, mm. on Transcending Obscurity Records. Okay. Now, a few weeks ago, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I talked a little shit about Spotify. Uh, Well-deserved about them not really getting their metadata right. But the recommendations were on point. I gotta say, sometimes they really get the recommendation right. They're not so bad. Allegedly. Uh, It's all alleged. There's a reason they're so popular. They're tickling (laughs) something. So I found this band and uh, through Spotify. And this release, Abysmal Decay... I feel like this is a different take on OSDM, this thing that's getting tossed around the few last few years. But instead of uh, you know bands like Necrot, Tumult, uh, Fetid, doing like that that more uh, you know HM2 kind of sound and the cavernous vocals, this is like OSDM, but looking at like Florida. You got like this reminds me a lot of Deicide. If 
if from for some reason they were recording Legion now, as opposed to mm. 1990, <laughs> mm. um, because the production's there, but the writing is very old school in that fashion. And it's, it's a really hot good. take. Hot take. The solos through it, super like like melodicy and um, melodic. Definitely, definitely a '90s solo right there. Yeah, exactly. So it has these these things <clears throat> are very '90s, but they didn't do the intentional kind of old school sound with the production. I, I I appreciate that. So I like this take on it. The vocals just super raw, like scratchy style. That that like hot whisper that's coming out. Hot, <laughs> yeah, like, hot whisper. <laughs> and and um, I, I found myself humming some of these riffs as it went along, uh, so that mm-hmm. that's always a good sign to me when you can hum along with a riff. Yeah, catchy riffs, man. Yeah, Get it sounds like humans mm. are playing it, which is yeah. nice. So it's somewhere in between the modern take and you know this newfound appreciation for old school shits is a really cool release. So, Vertha Brawls, Abysmal Decay, out on Transcending Obscurity Records. Mm-hmm. Check it. Okay, so my new pick is Shinda Saibo no Katamari from Japan. Hopefully I said that all right. Um, with their uh, Saibogu CD. Now, the band's uh, name is spelled S-H-I-N-D-A, new word, S-A-I-B-O, new word, N-O, new word, K-A-T-A-M-A-R-I. As I just told the Tom from the look up. Name of the new album that's out on CD is Saibogu, uh, S-A-I-B-O-G-U. I don't know Japanese. So hopefully I pronounced all that right. Well, I really, I, uh, firstly, I can appreciate a lot of Japanese finds that I will uh, come across on YouTube will just be in Japanese, and then it's like we're, I'm never going to be able to find this again. So, uh, uh, thank you for translating it, boys. That's that's you know that's cool. Though. They make it more obscure, more personal. What I appreciate too is that doing the research, I noticed that this band um, prints a lot of their like uh, you know pre- on previous releases, <clears> the title <throat> and things. In Japanese characters in Japanese, man. So that's cool. They got the regional flair, in man. The you know I mean? they, they, they do mm-hmm. it for their people. That's cool. Absolutely. Uh, and this came out on Obliteration Records, long running classic Japanese grindcore and death metal label. I believe I talked about that with Ralph Ferrara of Haunted Hotel Records. Uh, and I'd be surprised if this is the first thing I ever recommended from Obliteration. I know I've probably recommended something from mm-hmm. them. I believe it's run by one of the guys from uh, Clotted Symmetric Sexual Organ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be mistaken on that. But. Uh, the, as I mentioned, these guys have several previous releases. This is their CD. By the way, Justin, uh, this is a yep. Japanese band, and this is an album that was released in June. So it has something Amazing. in common with your recommendation. Look at us. We yeah. don't plan this stuff out. It just hey, happens. Look at us. All right? It's a big world. We had to, we had to pick a Japanese bit. It's 12 months. We had to pick June. Come on. We did it. Here we go. Um, getting to the band, though. Getting to the meat here. Uh, awesome album cover, by the way, but that's not what I want to talk about. Mm. The music here, it struck me as a mixture of some of your... Uh, classic Deeds of Flesh and Unique Leader, maybe Gorgasm-style bands, uh, uh, but mixed with maybe a sensibility of like your Red Chord, or going back even for- further, your Circle of Dead Children mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of um, 
grindcore influenced deathcore uh, sensibility. Like there's the, there's a technicality yep. and a, a, a tendency to pick some odd, oddly timed riffs and weird grind elements mixed in with the kind of stoic, hyper blasting death metal that's informed of your classical death metal musicianship. So uh, really amazing band, guttural vocals, hyper blasting parts. But a lot more than meets the eye, uh, you know, on, on your first uh, listen. You know what I mean? You got to listen to this a few times and break it down. And I think there's something to be said here for like the the way they seamlessly mix your more stoic late '90s influenced death metal with uh, your your kind of more spastic grindcore uh, power violence influenced uh, uh, deathcore type type stuff. So so check it out, man. Shinda Saibo no Katamari from Japan. Sick. I wonder if this has anything to do with Katamari Damacy, which is the one of the best games ever made for PlayStation 2. Yeah, that'd be even extra extra good. I mean, I'm, I don't speak Japanese, but I don't see Katamari a lot in the, <clears throat> let's say, animes. Or, I uh, have no clue, but I also know that one of the band members' <laughs> last names is Saibo. So it's Shinda Saibo no Katamari. I, it's bro, like, maybe it's like Van Halen, you know? You don't if know. We, if yeah. any of our listeners know Japanese or can accurately translate or tell us the story of this band's name, please reach out, heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. Hell yeah. I love with the spastic nature, like you were describing this writing, there is a constant groove going on. Like, the, the you don't stop nodding your head the entire time. It's just everything is, is just rolling along, you know? I thought like of beautiful I thought calligraphy. Of you. I thought of you with this band. Justin. I also want to say to the listener, uh, if, if you happen to be in a band and uh, you're looking for your, uh, you know, your next album cover or anything like that, the album art is, is beautiful for this record. But more importantly, notice the logo placement. There is something so deliciously tasteful about just slightly above center. That logo placement logo is. Logo looks good. Logo nice. it, it actually also looks like if there was a cassette tape license, a licensed cassette tape release of this, they could just kind of trim off the sides. Yeah, it would be that right perfect there. for the cassette tape yes. cover. Yeah. You know? Uh, maximum efficiency that is the Japanese way, I guess. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, yeah, so check these guys out, man. Shinda Saibo no Katamari. They probably get a kick out of hearing me pronounce yeah. <laughs> over in Japan. <laughs> Here on the heavy hole, we say usually say yes to Katamari, but this time no Katamari. This is nasty. Yeah, sick find. And uh, and also I should add that this I didn't find this. You say sick find. Uh, <laughs> that credit goes to Brian Hits, listener, longtime listener, and supporter of the Heavy Hole podcast. Shout to Brian Hits. Thank you, brother. Justin, what's your old one? Tom? Yes. It's Nirvana 2002. All right. Do you know the band Nirvana 2002? The, uh, the Disembodied Spirits demo. I'm, uh, I'm familiar with this band. They played MDF uh, when they had their big comeback and everything. Man. In 2010. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so obviously this is not Nirvana from Seattle. Yes, yeah, so right after Come As You Are tar- uh, charted, no, this is not. This is uh, Nirvana 2002, the 1990 demo, Disembodied Spirits. Uh, we're listening to uh, Swedish death metal roots right here. 
it's got you know all all, all your fa- you know <laughs> feature all your favorite sounds you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> well you're not wrong but no 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 um, featuring vocalist uh, Orvar Safstrom um, whose claim to fame uh, besides this this fucking amazing band was a uh, he did a run with Entombed in '91. Nice, um, but yeah, this is this is roots Swedish death metal sound. Uh, you know, in in the vein of uh, Entombed, repugnant, uh, dismember. Uh, this band was active between 1988 and uh, '92. Uh, they put out a few demos and uh, and an EP, possibly a full length. Uh, but this demo, I I've, I kind of kind of struck a little you know a chord with me. I thought this was the the most kind of like well written, most you know. Um, all-encompassing of, of that sound and and uh, and nothing else really like it like before this. Um, it's it's a you know there's a grab bag of influences you can hear here, but this is yeah. nice packaging. There's you know there's an urgency, but there's also space in the riffs. There you it's go, very nice. And it was you know it was it was in it in the time, mm-hmm. you know in in the important time in the uh, the outbreak of Swedish death metal. Yeah, 1990. This is fucking solid. Um, so yeah, this band was uh, active from '88 to '92. Uh, they came back together um, in the late 2000s. So in 2009, uh, Relapse picked them up, put together a compilation of all their demos, and like Will was saying, they they reformed in 2010 and played MDF. But uh, in the words of Vince McMahon, right now this is good shit. And uh, <laughs> you know, anybody looking to um, I don't know, you want a different Nirvana in your playlist? Like pick this boy up. Really notable, along with bands like Carnage and Crematory, there you uh, go. for being part of that like very like primordial Swedish death metal wave that predates your Dismember and Entombed and that At the Gates and things like that. Man, this is really awesome shit. <laughs> My old recommendation for the evening is a band called Damaged. And their album, Token Remedies Research. This came oh. out on 1997, Rotten Records. All right. I found this bit. I was kind of like looking through um, some Australian shit, going through the Captain Cleanoffs, and I was going through the Blood Dusters, and this band popped up. I was like, oh, oh, shit. This is grindcore that I would easily recommend to people who listen to hardcore or Mashuga or Mashuga <laughs> or the kid who like the heaviest thing he listens to is Limp Biscuit and drinks Monster Energy drink I would recommend him this check it out this has grooves man yeah, but, <laughs> but they're all like they're all sped up a bit the singer is amazing this, this guy, is like yeah. he's, like, he's super pissed and he's just going off on like crazy tangents and like the, I, I love the vocal style. It reminds me a lot of Lack of Interest from California, uh, hmm. kind of like a '90s power violence band that had some some strange timing and another really super lyrical, pissed off singer. I was gonna say it's like yeah. observant 
Psychroptic meets Mudvayne. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that dude, uh, the guy who sings with uh, Psychroptic as of like 2006, uh, Jason Peppia, I think his name is. Um, I feel like he listened to a shit ton of this growing up because this is so much of his style, but like that's only part of it because this dude's got his own style right here. He's just fucking knocking it out of the park. Um, also, th this band does have some ties to the bands I just mentioned, Blood Duster, Captain Cleanoff, okay. um, which is um, Matt Sanders, a.k.a. Skits, super impressive resume, played in Destroyer 666, Blood Duster, Hobbs, Angel of Death, and King Parrot. No what, shit. What, what, is, yeah. uh, what does he play? He's the drummer. Figure, and, these drummers, they get around, man. Yeah, they, they do. And this guy, man, he holds his salt because his drumming style is so sick. And this is 97, and he's doing some really advanced stuff that is definitely influenced from some new metal or hip-hop style grooves. Uh, so, yeah, check this out, man. This is uh, Damage, Tote Remedies Research. I can't wait to listen to this every day. Tonight, I want to talk about Rhode Island's eternal suffering, not to be confused with uh, immortal suffering or internal suffering or any of the other types of suffering that there are. This is eternal suffering from Rhode Island. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the uh, Recollections of Tragedy and Misery CD, which is a discography that came out in 2011 on Pathos Productions, but it's actually a collection of several releases that all came out in the late 90s. So I'm good to go on our um, old recommendations. And as you see, I brought dude, the physical format. You got to just flex every time, right? Flexing hard. Flexing real hard. You got to give us tapes and then show us shit we don't have. <laughs> so uh, this, uh, this Reflections of Tragedy and Misery CD, it's a collection of their uh, Remain Forever in Misery uh, album. Uh, they're Drowning in Tragedy uh, EP, I guess you could say, and a few compilation songs uh, and uh, a track from a demo. A lot of different stuff. There's actually 18 tracks, so this is highly recommended. This is an interesting band. Now, you guys remember just recently we did our Scattered Remnants episode, right? Yep. Peep that. What does that remind you of? Oh, that looks like pretty much uh, what was the LP, the uh, Scattered Remnant, uh, Remnants LP. Yeah, and not to say it's derivative, uh, but merely, I feel, shares something aesthetically because uh, what I'm showing Tom is there's some kind of like uh, pictures of, of uh, like angelic uh, sculptures and statues, maybe akin to something you'd find in a graveyard or there, a cathedral. There's a romantic element that yes. certain death metal bands use, and they tend to be really heavy bands to do it. Yeah, and, well, and well, they, it's like a contrast point, I feel like. Well, the other half of this equation is that they are a brutal death metal band with low vocals that uses a lot of doomy elements. Um, but Eternal Suffering is their own beast. Uh, don't don't get them uh, mistaken as something. They're not from Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Uh, they were from Rhode Island. Uh, and 
I, I, I feel like this is something that you might want to have in your collection, though, if you are a Scattered Remnants fan. They always struck a similar chord with me. They started out very early on. I heard them on the Frozen Dawn compilation series, which my old school 90s heads will remember. Shout out to Dave Glading. Uh, but Eternal Suffering started out as some something of a, I guess you could say like a mid-tempo black metal black metal and doom influenced death metal band very mid-tempo atmospheric in a way by setting this uh slow doomy atmosphere with the low vocals but gradually evolved over the years into a band that i feel like could be grouped in with our deep dive in the subgenre uh marine episode one's mm. dying fetus uh, religion bands right this right. band went from more of like your melodic doomy uh, mid-tempo style, which was still very good in their early material, to ending up being like a super slammy band that you could classify with your dying fetus, your internal bleeding, your dehumanized, but they were by the time they did that, it was in the late 90s, and I feel like they were part of maybe like the second wave of that slam death metal <coughs> excuse me, not to disparage them to say that either, um, they were informed more by like your uh your vomit remnant school of slam death metal, uh, or like when I talked about Godless Truth or Poppy Seed Grinder, some of this material that you're going to find from Eternal Suffering is super slammy and hardcore informed, but within the realm of competent, technical, musical death metal. Uh, and these guys did it with such personality, too, because um, you're not going to mistake these guys for a dying fetus clone or anything like that. They still kept it Eternal Suffering. They still uh, maintained elements of their doomier, more, um, uh, uh, like, I don't want to see, I don't even want to call them a melodic band, because it's not like anything was, like, uh, 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 shiny or, or, well, or, I mean, or yeah. victorious or any of those words. It I, was it was doomy, melancholic uh, uh, death metal. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't consider bands that make good use of melodies and getting in your head... That doesn't make them a, a melodic band. No, but I, I don't want it to get crossed up. Like this is right. not your Swedish style melodic death right, metal. Right, exactly. This is this is yeah. actually the backdrop of having so many labels to this kind of music, where you yeah. can't just call something melodic without it being thrown into another category. Well, it's melodic in a very doomy, um, uh, uh, atmospheric right. way, man. Exactly. Yeah, and it's 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 all just descriptors. How would you relate this to someone? But this is awesome shit. This is he like this is more on the slam tip in a way, but not slam. But just brutal, guttural shit. It, it, no, well, well, slam means something different. Again, getting back to what you just said, yeah. how these, these words trap us in. Slam nowadays means something totally different. But if you had said slam in the late 90s, you would have been right. Because this is music that takes, like I said, I think equally from your immolation and incantation-influenced doomy death metal and your New York hardcore-influenced slam death metal, such as Old Pyrexia and Internal Bleeding. And there's something on this CD for everyone who likes something uh, in between, because you can trace the evolution of this band, like I said, from a more uh, mid-tempo, doomy band to a more groove-oriented death metal band. So, uh, that's all I'm going to say, man. Let's let it rip. Eternal Suffering from Rhode Island. Rest in peace. Interesting note, the singer of uh, Eternal Suffering, still involved in the scene very much so as the drummer of uh, Father Befouled, who I believe he just left after almost 10 years of being in the band, mm. and currently the drummer of Incoffination, uh, Wayne Sarantopoulos, enjoying kind of a, uh, a second career in death metal as a drummer now. There you mm. go. So, uh, also, Decrepitaf, I mean, this guy's metallum goes on. We might have to reach out to him, man. As glad as we are that Wayne Sarantopoulos is still involved in the underground scene, we do have to say rest in peace to longtime eternal suffering guitarist Brian Evans, 
who only passed away uh, in April of 2019, fairly recently. So rest in peace to him. Eternal suffering from Rhode Island, though. Don't miss them. We had quite the episode tonight. Um, kind of into this is like been a cultural episode in a way. A talking bit. to Bob, the way we have. Yeah, we're like bringing it up to the times, you know, meshing the new and the old a little bit. You know? Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. been a magical episode, man. Uh, thanks to Bob Miner at the Mega Metal Mixtape Exchange. Um, really, yeah, it really kind of like re-inspired me on the cassette tape tip, man, and a lot of things he was talking about, like I said, I could identify with so much, man. It was a cool episode, man, hearing about Bob and his story there, and uh, I appreciate some of the things you guys mentioned, man. Uh, Justin, you and I linked yeah. up in Japan. That's sweet. I saw you out there in Tokyo doing your thing, kid. You know, Kanpai. Around yes. the world, you know, player. Up all night. Uh, you know, um, Tom. Hi. Damage uh, from Australia, right? Yeah, Australian band. Weird yeah. dim mock kind of uh, um, lack of interest mashup, in my personal opinion. Amazing. Yeah. Great vocalist was very angry. I, I really have to dive into them more. That That's the product. Of the, like, a lot of our listeners know that we're bringing in shit that we're finding on these like adventures that we go on. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, that's one of those where I'm like, wow, I got to put this on rotation. And I know I spoke very highly. Uh, uh, well, highly enough about Spotify before with Vertebral, mm. um, but Spotify get damaged on there, so yeah. I can listen to it. In fact, any streaming service get <laughs> damaged on there, please. Whereas I listen to damaged old cassette tapes. Yes, uh, is, you know we you know, we're all different people. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is what it is, man. But um, yeah, yeah and and yeah, like. I, you know, whatever al- I do. Although my knowledge of, of metal music is vast and flexible, uh, <laughs> yeah, I will not Fle- flexible. Not in the I, term of uh, like legitimately flex. Yes. I will flex it on everybody. Yeah, the flexible I, hole. I, I, I do not profess to like know in detail every band I recommend on here. The old school ones, yes, but the newer ones, I'm just going through the newer stuff and giving it a chance and doing a little research, like you guys. Yeah, man. You know, it's a, yeah, it's it, we're we're a courier service. Yes, oh. here we are. We are we are hiking the ball, but we're also uh, handing it off. Right, dust, dusting it, run it in. Sports, much, much like Bob Miner does with the mixtapes. Hey, man. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, and I do with my Segway, which I just used to bring us back to Bob Miner. Thank you, making Boss. matches. So good. So, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, um, maybe talk mixtapes, something like that. We got the Facebook, we got the Twitter, we got the Instagram. It's Heavy Hole Podcast. You know the deal. Heavy Hole Podcast at gmail.com. If you got an old mixtape that your ex girlfriend sent you in high school and it popped. Uh, you send it right in. I'll, I'll tape it back together. I can't. I can't guarantee that's going to get your girl back with you, though. Okay? Probably not. I <laughs> could tape the tape back together. I can't tape your heart back together. Okay? Yeah. I mean, she might give you a restraining order if you tell her that. But well, allegedly, yeah. Oh, whole, whole improvement. But, <laughs> but uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, though, that's what, what's the number, Tom? What's going on? All here? right. We uh, try try do this. Try doing this. Pick up your phone and dial six three one. 
831-837-3274. That's 631-837-3274. Oh, oh that was he, a, <laughs> he did a new thing. I kind of like that. That was very professional, Justin. That makes it I like easier that. for me. Yeah. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, and also, one more thing. Patreon.com slash... Ro- uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's Patreon.com slash... Ro- oh, no, uh, I did it, too. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I got two podcasts. That, I'm taking money left and right. Patreon.com Is there a cavernous Metal of Death echo in here or something? What's going on? No, what, it, no what's the Patreon? The man? Patreon. Get out of here. Patreon.com <laughs> slash... Patreon.com slash Heavy Hole Podcast. Uh, one thing I want to shout out. We're doing bonus episodes. Uh, they're landing on there. One of them you can get involved with. If you think you have an album that you'd like to run by Will as being a Medal of Death album, we're only taking recommendations for that bonus episode on the Patreon. If you think you got what it takes. Yeah, so let us know there. Hey, man. It's all gravy. Yeah. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, I think it's time to spread the gravy, boys. Uh, We talked a lot. We recommended some albums. It's time to go. Let's do it. Spread it on. One.